0: Join me as I open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the comfort and the peace and the joy we get when we gather together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, there is chaos in the world all around us. It dogs us even when we come here. I pray that you would help us set aside everything and just enjoy your presence today. I pray, Lord, for our time of teaching, that John would be empowered by your spirit, and that we would have ears to hear. And I pray, Lord, also for the main service with Pastor Steve, the same thing, that your spirit would empower his words, and that your spirit would allow us to receive your word appropriately. And Lord, in all of this, I pray that you would help us focus on you. We approach the celebration of the birth of our Savior in one week but our minds are already thinking Christmas, it's all around us. Lord, help us focus on the truth of who you are. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Morning, everyone. One thing I've noticed this year more than I have in the past is when you go to a store like grocery store or Walmart or wherever, I'm hearing a lot more Merry Christmas than Happy Holidays. In the past, it's always happy holidays and I say, well, Merry Christmas to you too. And then they kind of draw back like, wow, that's different. (laughs) But this year, I'm hearing more of the, the Merry Christmas and for whatever reason, it's nice to hear. So, well, during this Christmas season, as we near the end of 2016, it's a good time to reflect on our walk with the Lord. Our hope is that next uh, week being Christmas, and then in two weeks, a new year. So you look back on 2016 as we're getting toward the end, and we can look back on this year, and we need to ask ourselves, have I been living a God-honoring life that brings honor and glory to God? Because we live in a world, in a nation, where people are really searching, and they're grasping at everything. I see at the jail all the time, brand new cults coming up, trying to mislead people, trying to, to get them to turn to anybody but Jesus. Because we know in John 14:6 Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. There is no other way. And uh, it's been a real blessing, too, to see uh, men come to the Lord and, uh, and see men say, Chaplain, I can't do it. And I can say, Jesus is the answer. And they say, I want that. I need that. I'm tired of what I'm doing. And to see God's, God work through His Word, through sharing the Word and seeing God work. Well, One thing I remember from my days in the military was, one thing the army drills into you when you're coming in, going through boot camp, you have to follow orders. You don't debate it. You don't say, well, I don't really agree with that. I'll let you know in a week. You can't do any of that. Following orders is essential in the military, as I learned from boot camp. When that drill sergeant said, hit the deck with 50 millimeter shells, live shells firing over our heads, you did it. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be walking around anymore. Any of you know what 50-millimeter shells are? They're very loud, and they can do a lot of damage. So you learn very quick when the drill sergeant said, hit the deck, you hit the deck. Even if it was cement, you didn't say, well, let me lay a blanket down, or let me see if that's soft. No, you hit the deck. Well, likewise, as believers redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, we need to follow orders, commands given by the Creator of the universe, our Heavenly Father, our Lord and Savior, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. I had another message prepared but God redirected me. I try to be in different areas of scripture through reading and through study. And God redirected me to this because we're getting toward the end of the year and we need to look back in a positive way and say, "God, what have I learned? What do I need to learn? Where have I grown? Where do I need to grow?" And the passage we're going to look at this morning, I pray, will be an encouragement of where we need to go. Because as far as I know, none of us are perfect, are we? I don't ever see any (laughs) hands. Up to this point, as we look in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, is where we're going to be. We're going to look at two verses. 1 Corinthians chapter... 16 verses 13 and 14 and here we're going to see how important it is to follow God's orders and he gives us five orders, five commands that we need to follow and we need to be taking a evaluation, we need to be looking at am I following this or am I doing something else and when God tells me to do something it's always for our good, isn't it, amen, amen, does God ever say, "Go do this because it's bad for you?" I know he doesn't. So as we look at 1 Corinthians 16,13 and 14, we're going to see what these commands are. but we need to also understand where Paul is coming from from First Corinthians because in First Corinthians Paul has recorded a lot of areas that the believers in Corinth needed to improve, needed to correct. Things that were wrong, sin that they were committing, attitudes and actions that needed God's major adjustments. But one thing before we get to these two verses is that while Paul was sharing corrections, he did it with love. 1 Corinthians 4.14 says, I write not these things to shame you, But as my beloved sons, I admonish you. Sometimes God has to take us aside and say, I need you to listen to me. In the jail, I hear every day that I talk to the man there. I hear every day, you know, chaplain, I think God's given me a wake-up call. And then I always ask, well, how many is that for you? Oh, wow. That's seven, eight, nine. I said, is this your last one? Hmm, I don't know. I said, so what are you going to do? God's got your attention. He's removed all the distractions. There's no drugs here. There's no gambling here. There's no whatever you were doing to, to be brought into jail. All the distractions are gone. What are you going to do about it if this is your last one? I try to make them think because we all got to think. We don't know if we have anything beyond today on this earth. None of us do. Only God knows. We know for eternity we'll be with the Lord, but how long will we be on this earth? Only God knows that. So, Paul wanted them to know, the believers in 1 Corinthians, I'm doing this because I love you. I'm sharing these corrections because God has directed me to put this down to help you. Get back on track. Correction isn't always easy, is it? Just ask parents at Lakeside who have kids five years and younger. It's hard as parents of preschoolers. Follow those teachings. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. (laughs) Just observe the eating habits of those precious two- and three-year-olds when they flip that stalk of broccoli or spoon of cream peas on that patient parent. Or that two-year-old responds with a firm, no, when they're told those carrots are really good for you. (laughs) Correction's hard to apply properly every time. We need to pray for those parents of preschoolers that they're hands full. Today, as we look at these two verses in 1 Corinthians 16... We discover no more corrections from God through Paul, but orders or commands that we as believers must practice, be practicing, in order to be living out a God honoring life. So, 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 to 14. you'd follow along with me Be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. That all that you do be done in love. Up until 1 Corinthians 16, Paul had looked at doctrinal issues, but now we come to practical issues. And to get the context, 1 Corinthians 16, the first four verses addresses the collection of money for the struggling church in Jerusalem, and then he gives us some biblical principles for giving. And I think it's a great time of year to be reminded this Christmas season. It's a lot about giving. I believe with all my heart it's more blessed to give than to receive. Amen? I mean, there's a blessing from God because we're just showing a minuscule little bit of what God gave when He gave His Son to be born in a feeding trough Because there was no place in the inn, and to grow up and to die on the cross and rise again the third day for the blessed hope that we have. Verses 5 to 12 of 1 Corinthians 16 remind us that believers are encouraged to evangelize unbelievers around them, and then once they have accepted Christ, encourage them and exhort them, stay on God's path. If we fall to the wayside, say, God, I need help. Help me back up. Help me through Your Word. Help me through fellow believers. Help me to pray for one another. That's a privilege we have. I remind those at the jail all the time, we can always pray for one another. And we all need it. We all go through times, sometimes many times a day, where we're reminded that we need to be praying for one another. So now we get to these... Five orders, five commands to follow in order to live a godly, God-honoring life. The first one we get to, it says, be on the alert. Being alert, that means to be awake, watchful, and not half asleep. Jesus rebuked His disciples. He faced His upcoming death in the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 26:40 then he came to the disciples found them asleep said to Peter what could you not watch with me 1 hour they were sleeping god said i need you to be awake pray for me uh, support me through this hard time the word for alert is used 22 times in the new testament and most of those times refer to the christian to the believer because when we're not alert we get in trouble We get sidetracked. We're looking at the wrong thing. Brothers and sisters, we're in a spiritual battle. If we don't have the shield of faith up, if we don't have the sword of the Spirit in our right hand, which is the Word of God, we're going to keep falling down. That's why we need to be alert. We need to be watching. And what do we need to be alert against? 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, Be vigilant, watch because your adversary the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour us. He doesn't want us to have a testimony for the Lord. He wants everybody to continue on the road they are that leads to hell. He doesn't want people to believe Jesus Christ is the only answer for eternal life. It's being alert against temptation. Do we have temptation around us? Everywhere. Mark fourteen thirty-eight. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. We live in a world that continues to tempt us. Wants us to look anywhere but to God's Word. Do anything but go to a Bible-believing church. Do anything except pray for one another. There's power in prayer. One encouragement I've seen, Doug can attest to it too, the men at the jail are beginning to pray specifically and God is answering specifically and God is doing great there. I praise God every day. And one of these men say, once I turned it over to the Lord, I've been at peace. i got 14 years and I'm going up the road, but I'm at peace. Because God's with me wherever I am. We need to be alert against indifference. Like the church in Sardis. In Revelation 3, Jesus condemns it. You have a name that you live, but you're dead. We can't be indifferent. Souls are at stake. Eternity's at stake. And everyone who's born is going to be somewhere for eternity. In hell without God or in heaven with Him. And believe me, I hear all the other ones at the jail. They're not alternatives. They're ones that lead people to eternity without God. That's serious. We need to be alert against false teachers. Are they anywhere? (laughs) Turn on the TV. You see the pamphlets coming out. We have some that send in materials all the time into the jail, trying to mislead people to anything but... Trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ? We need to be alert to that. Warning. Second Timothy, Paul told Timothy, there's going to be people who are going to come along not teaching sound doctrine. We hear a lot of that. But we are to be alert to prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Always an attitude of prayer. When something comes up, pray about it. I go back to my favorite verses, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. An attitude of prayer. And finally, we need to be alert that Christ may return today. Are we ready? It says in God's Word, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Are we ready if the Lord came right now? Say, well, no, i got a few more things on my list, Lord. Uh, Did you make that tomorrow? (laughs) You need to be ready. Bottom line is this. We're to be alert and watchful and not sleeping or in a stupor. You ever watch somebody who's really not there? Kind of walking around and say, How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Oh, okay. What was that? We kind of can do that without even knowing it. So we're to be alert. I love the words to the old hymn Rise up, O men of God. Have done with lesser things. Give heart and mind and soul and strength to serve the King of Kings. That's who we serve. The King of Kings. We need to be reminded of that. Second order to follow. Verse 13. It says, Stand firm in the faith. Some translations have stand fast, echoing what Paul recorded for us in Ephesians six thirteen. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. God wants us standing in battle, not knocked down, not running, not looking everywhere, but straight on in the battle because God is on our side. It's not speaking here of faith for salvation, but faith in the total revelation of God's truth, which includes the gospel. Scriptures like John 3.16 are key verse in Sparks, in Awana. Acts 4.12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's God's truth. God can't lie. That's His truth. We need to accept it. We need to allow God to penetrate our lives with it so we can share it. We must be holding fast and not swaying with every false doctrine that's blowing around. And they're everywhere. Seems like every day there's a new one. 1 Timothy 6.12 tells us not to fight the good fight of faith, but fight the good fight of the faith. That's important. The faith, the faith we have in the Lord Jesus Christ that He saved us. We have nothing that we deserved or earned when we were saved, but by grace God chose us. That's worth sharing. Stay in the Word. Practice, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I like that. I heard that while I was in seminary, and I still believe that to be true. Our brother in Christ, I've mentioned him before, Eric, a former inmate at the jail, battles every day. He's now out of jail, but he battles every day to stand fast in the faith. While in jail, as I would be visiting with him, he'd say, Chaplain John, I don't know what to do. I said, let's go to the Word. And he said he uses that every day to stay on the path God has for him, he and his wife. They're back together. They were on the verge of divorce. They're back together. They're both looking to the Lord every day. What do you want me to do? What do you want to teach me? Thank you for waking me up. One inmate shared this out of the loaves and fishes, which is something that is sent into the inmates. Her name is Linda Leonard. She's in Gatesville, Texas, in that correctional facility. The choice is yours. Is a title she gave it. In those times of doubt when faith is hard to find and you're searching for an answer that can't bring you peace of mind, when failure keeps on shouting that you'll never get it right and discouragement has beat you down, not a shred of hope in sight, you might be tempted to just give up, never try again, believing that your enemy will never let you win. But what you must remember is the battle is not yours. It was fought long ago on a far distant shore. The victory was won that day by a king, strong and true. He fought not for himself, but for me and for you. He overcame our enemy and won back the key that unlocked the chains and set us prisoners free. So no matter how many times the devil lies to deceive, the final choice is yours. Whom will you believe? The one who showed his love for you was nailed to a tree, his heart bleeding openly for all the world to see. He died for us that we might live and live abundantly, and not only on this earth but throughout eternity. Only you can decide whom you will serve. Jesus, Lord of love, life, and joy, or will you help the enemy to steal, to kill, and destroy? Those that I share, they're behind bars even today. They write that because uh, they're in that struggle to stand fast in the faith, stand firm. It's a battle every day, but God is on our side. Paul mentored Timothy to be ready to preach the word in season, out of season, always be ready. In other words, know the word. Sharing God's word is what the unsaved world around us needs because it has the answer for eternal life. This time of year with the Christmas season, we see all the more, all the world's substitutes for celebrating the birth of Jesus, even like Santa Claus. Well, if you're on the naughty list, you'll get coal. If you're on the good list, you'll get whatever you want. Get that new Lexus. Get that new car. I I see so many commercials, big bow on a car. (laughs) People go around and say, I'll take six of those for my friends here anything to get our focus off the Christ of Christmas. We're going through a little short series in our service on Thursdays at the jail on Luke 2 because those men need to know, be reminded the Christ of Christmas, even though they're behind bars. They need to know without the Christ of Christmas, without God sending His Son, Son of God, to this earth, we couldn't be saved. The believers in Corinth were mixing their old paganism and Christianity. In chapter 12, verse 3 of 1 Corinthians, they were calling Jesus accursed. People were standing up in their ecstasy services and cursing Jesus. Cursing the Son of God. And they had to stop. We need to check out teachings like the Bereans in Acts 17, 11. They compared what? They compared the teaching to what? God's Word. Our faith needs to be grounded in the Word of God, nothing else. If it's grounded in anything else, it's going to fade. It's not going to stand strong. But when we have our foundation based on the Word, what it says, God's truth will be able to stand. Someone named Anonymous wrote this. There's a lot of anonymouses around. Talked a little about the Bible. The Holy Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. I like that. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, his, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise. Believe it to be enlightened and practice it to be successful. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, comfort to cheer you. It's the traveler's map. That's why we get lost in this life because we're not following the right map. It's here. Most of us have many copies of the Bible, but do we treasure? We say, God, I'm lost. I need your guidance. Get to the Word. It's there. The third order to follow as we get back to our verse 13. It says, act like men, or one translation has be brave, show courage, be mature. The Corinth believers were lacking maturity in doctrine, spiritual insight, emotional stability, morality, and producing fruit of the Spirit. They were lacking in all that. 2 Peter 3.18 reminds us, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We do this by being in the Word all the time. I say, well, I read my five minutes today, Lord. If <laughs> you memorize it, you'll be amazed how many times God will bring it to mind to be used as we walk with the Lord. We need the Word because all the benefits, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. There's a lot of reasons to be in the Word, but there's a good list. Great Bible preacher, teacher Henry Ironside shares this, If I belong to Christ, I'm here to serve Him. May God deliver us, and I like this, from our babyishness. (laughs) Grow up, be mature. How do we be mature? By being in the Word. Making it a part of our lives. And we will grow. Instead of saying, well, should I do this for myself? It's, will this bring honor and glory to God if I do it? That's a whole different perspective. Be courageous like David, and I love this, in answering warrior Goliath. He said, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. He said, I come in God's strength. I come and I am courageous not because of who I am, because my God is great. He's almighty. And then even in the book of Daniel... Unsaved King Darius, whom Daniel was serving, as he threw Daniel in the lion's den, here's what he said. Your God, whom you serve continually, He will deliver you. That is amazing. From an unsaved king, who was a heathen, says, I'm throwing you in the lion's den, but He's going to deliver you. Wow. What an impact Daniel must have had on that king's life for him to say that to be brave in battle we must follow god's instructions for battle we talk about it many times taking up the shield of faith having the in our right hand the sword of the spirit which is the word of god because that's our only offensive weapon that's why we need the word we need to study it we need to memorize it we need to live it in god's strength Paul had to deal with the believers in Corinth like children. And he said in 1 Corinthians 13:11, When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. In other words, grow up. We only have so much time on this earth to grow up and serve the Lord. One time. I've heard many here at Lakeside show their courage, even at their jobs, respectfully speaking up when biblical principles are trampled on and God has blessed them. He's seen them through. I've seen it. I've heard it. I know it's true. It's true in my own life. and I know it's true in yours as we walk with the Lord. The fourth order to follow, verse 13. As we go through this list... It says, be strong. Actually, it means literally be strengthened. Strengthened by who? We can't strengthen ourselves. We can't say, God, I'm just going to decide I'm strong. We've got to say, Lord, you've got to give me strength. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's our source. We need to be strengthened because walking in this world can wear us out. Can't it? The older I get, I know I can feel it more. But God gives us that strength to keep going. Ephesians 6:10 shares, "Be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. We don't look at it as limits when we're looking at things through God's eyes, because God has no limits. The flesh, the old sinful ways were ruling in the church in Corinth because their strength, these believers thought, were in themselves and not in the Lord. They weren't looking heavenward. They were looking at that mirror saying, wow, I'm pretty good. I'm better than that guy and this one over here. and I'm on a little bit of a higher podium than they are. They weren't looking at the Lord. Majority of churches this Christmas season are focusing on everything but the real reason believers celebrate. Jesus, the Son of God, sent from the Father, came to this earth, was born very humble surroundings. He didn't come into a palace. He came into and was laid in a feeding trough from the glory of heaven to that. I had to pause and I had to think of that. God's love, God's grace, God's mercy. So that that baby could grow up perfect and die on the cross for me. Didn't have to do it, but He did. John MacArthur shares, the Corinthians thought they were so strong. They weren't strong at all. Because they were so weak spiritually, they actually became weak physically. And because of this, in 1 Corinthians eleven thirty, their spiritual weakness and the way they treated the sacred things, many of them were weak and sickly and some sleep. In other words, their spiritual weakness brought about physical weakness, disease and death. When we start seeing things through God's eyes, things look a lot different, don't they? Before we were only looking through things that pleased us, personally, rather than saying, how can I please you today, Lord? I need your strength. How are we strengthened by the Lord? Being disciplined, showing self-control, temperance, showing self-restraint in all things, and don't live a sloppy Christian life. When they see a sloppy Christian, they're saying, wow, you serve a God who's like that? That's the impression they get. You've heard it said, the only Bible some people will ever read is you. You say you're a Christian. Well, you act just like me. What's the difference? Scripture tells us to be strong. Colossians 1.10 says that you may have a walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in the knowledge of God, strength with all might according to His glorious power, for all patience and longsuffering with joy. What's our source of strength? Who gives us strength? It's the Lord. Psalm 27:14. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and He will strengthen your heart. For us as believers, as Christians walking every day with the Lord, nothing should overwhelm us because those are all opportunities when everything seems to be caving in and saying, Lord, give me strength. I'm feeling weak. I'm wanting to lose my temper. I'm wanting to say something I shouldn't. I'm wanting to walk away from this. But Lord, give me strength through this day to live for you. I don't think I've shared this, but there's a contemporary song, or it's a Christian song that I'm reminded of, that I hear it every time. It's called Trust in You by Lauren Daigle, and here's what it says. Letting go of every single dream, I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wondering never changes what you see. I've tried to win this war, I confess. My hands are weary, I need your rest. Mighty warrior, king of the fight, no matter what I face, you're by my side. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers, as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. reminds me every day, it's not my strength that gets me through the day, it's the Lord's strength through me. And that should be true of every one of us. The Holy Spirit strengthens our inner man so our outer man shows the strength of God in our thoughts and our actions. Henry Ironside, again, former pastor of Moody Church, shares, live in fellowship with Christ. Walk in the Spirit. Feed upon His Word. Obey His Word. And then when the hour of trial comes, you will not be weak Need. You will not be facilitating. You will not be carried about like a leaf before the wind. You will have strength to stand and you will be able to glorify God even in the fire. That's encouraging to me. Do we have a few fires going on? How many have never had a fire in their life? I'm not talking about a literal fire. I'm talking about all the spiritual fires that go on. I pray that's encouraging to you. The fifth and final order to follow in living a God-honoring life is shared in verse 14. Let all that you do be done in love. We're ready for battle. Given orders to watch, be on the alert, stand fast, be brave, act like men, be strengthened by the Lord, but it must be all done with and in love. This love means self-sacrificing service to one in need. And we're all in need at times, right? Jesus washed the disciples' feet, and when He was done with that low servant job, He said, go and do likewise. In other words, be willing to wash feet if God calls you to do it, because it's for Him, not for me. It's for Him. We need to balance our marching orders with that self-sacrificing love from God. And that had been missing in Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, there were divisions in the church. Chapter 3, there were cliques. Chapter 5, immorality. Chapter 6, they were suing one another. Chapter 7, married couples were not putting each other first. Chapter 8, the stronger believers were running over the weaker believers. And in chapter 11, hogging the food during the Lord's Supper. (laughs) All that going on, that love wasn't there. No self-sacrificing love, but turmoil. And to get them out of that turmoil, they needed the Word to get them back. They needed God's Word, God to set them back on the right path. It's like sometimes He'll do what it takes, as I've mentioned. They call it at the jail, wake-up call. We get those in our lives too, whether we call it that or something else. And I think I already asked this earlier this morning, who here is perfect? Perfect. I'm not raising my hand. I'm just I would never raise my hand. (laughs) None of us are. So we need to remember that we are saved, children of the King of Kings, by grace and because God's love needs to be flowing through us. So it kind of flows over the top because there's so much God is giving us of His love. Natural love doesn't work. It takes the love God. Through us, everything we do and say and think to live a God-honoring life. So it comes down to this. Next week, Christmas, two weeks, a new year. Are we following these orders given to us in these two verses? Orders that will help us live God-honoring lives. And you say, well, I can't do these. Praise God. God can do them through us. But we got to submit to Him. Saying, God, I want to follow You. I want to quit trying to do things on my own. I hear it every day from inmates. You say, chaplain, I can't do it. I say, praise God. God can. You want permanent changes over addiction? Let the Lord have your life. And He will do what needs to be done. Because He loves you. We are following these orders from our Lord and Savior. Praise God. I pray for you for strength to continue to do so. But if some of these, we've kind of been dragging our feet, we need to make those changes, please do them. Don't let another day go by. God needs us to be His light shining through us and His salt on this earth. So when people look at us, they say, I see a difference in that man or that woman's life. I see God is real because I see what He's doing in your life. That's the greatest testimony we could ever have. But God's got to be first. Can't be second, third. Anywhere else on the list, He's got to be number one if we're going to live a God-honoring life. So I pray, I encourage you, every day, make it count for the Lord. Don't let another day or continue on the path. If you've been doing this, I pray God will continue to strengthen you to do it. But this is orders from God who gave His all and sending Jesus to die on the cross for us so we could be saved. We can give this back at whatever time we have here on this earth, but make every day count. And look at this list and say, God, I want this in my life. I want to really serve you in 2017. I want to really serve you the next two weeks, or the last two weeks of 2016, because we don't know how much time we have. But you know, God knew before we were born, every one of you would be here this morning. Every time I kind of think, God, maybe you have limits, I look at Psalm 139. God has no limits. He knows every thought before I was born that I will ever have. He knows how every day will go on this earth before I even came to this earth, was born on this earth. I praise God for that because when we follow Him, we can't go wrong. But we need to make it count. We need to be living a God-honoring life that will truly bring praise and glory to Him. Let's pray. Father God, thank You for this time and in Your Word. Thank You, Lord, for Your patience with us. I pray that You be with each one here that... As we close 2016 and ready for a new year, ready or not, it's coming. Lord, help us to to follow these orders, these commands you've given us so that we can shine forth your greatness because you are great. You're the only one that can lead to eternal life. And we're thankful for that hope that we have. I pray again that we would have a walk that honors You, that You would strengthen each one here to make any needed changes, but continue if they are following this. Lord, I pray, my brothers and sisters, that we would truly shine forth who You are through how we live. In Jesus' name, amen.